The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Riesel, yep, against Shannon. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday morning, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. We are powered by Currency, and we appreciate having you here. It's, I think, a wake-up call for Nebraska after last night's loss. Lacking consistency is kind of what I'm seeing. You you have a roller coaster of Big Ten games happening, right? You have the win against Iowa, and then you fall flat against Michigan State. And then you get the overtime win, like Hoiberg said in his, in his postgame right there. The overtime victory over Minnesota. And then you fall once again to Illinois by a big point margin. Yeah. Well, good morning. And uh, um, if you are Nebraska, right? So you had two games, I think, where you probably used the D word. Disappointed. I know what you were thinking. You're like dribble. I drive, was thinking dog. Dribble. <laughs> they got that dog in them. So that maybe I'm they still had riding it, high had, on that they, Georgia game. <laughs> You're probably the only one because Kirby's turned the page, baby. <laughs> 24-hour rule. Let's go get us another three-peat. Um, He's already talking about how they're they're at a disadvantage got a, yeah, next year. Yeah, got deep program. Well, I've I've been there. Listen, he see, I'm the I'm the absolute worst guy for you to stake your case and for everybody, all the other talking heads around here that are rolling their eyes at Georgia because I empathize with everything Kirby Smart is saying. I'm telling you right now. Insert 1996 team, 
after two back-to-back national champ after back-to-back. And you're there. Two back-to-back national <laughs> championships. That's like two twins. <laughs> right. Um, Speaking of the twins. <laughs> it's like I, I get it. So I, I'm going to probably err on the side of defending Kirby, and everybody else can roll their eyes. But you know who isn't? The, you, the, the, the guy, <laughs> the guys that have tried to the that have tried to go on miraculous runs that have never been done before. I'm not shoot. I'm nodding my head. Yep, deprogram, desensitize, get rid of the rat poison. The biggest thing is quarterback. I well, mean, when when you lose your quarterback, that's yeah. when you kind of like sit back yeah. and think, okay, who's who's running our offense next yeah. year? And we'll we'll get to Kirby in Georgia later because again, I I get the collective eye roll. I do, I do. But I'm telling you, the way they have recruited, sitting in a no sympathy. It's not like it, see that's not what he wants though. He's not talking to you. He's not talking to me. He's talking to his football team about the culture that he wants to set. So, like, but he's telling us what he wants to set. That's fine. So he is talking to us. Not, but the message isn't for us. But the, we can receive it. No, I'm not, listen. I don't. That is, to- do with it what you will. What I'm telling you is, when he says it and we critique it, we're just critiquing it. It's not for us. He's not talking to us. He couldn't care one iota if we listen or believe one word he says. He just happens to well, have the Well, no, mic- I mean, they, they were feeling doubted coming into this year, so I, he I, obviously I, feels something he does, from the outside. Because he, 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 knows, he knows what it's like to be hunted. Right? It's like you, you've heard the lion and the gazelle. And I don't even know how we just got here. <laughs> you've heard the whole lion and gazelle thing, right? Like, Would you rather li- be the hunted or no, the hunting? No, 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 no. The mentality. I know. See, gazelles chill when no one is chasing them. That's what a gazelle does. No, no outside stimuli. They relax. Unless they're hyped up on Shane's Red Bull over there. Sure, unless they're having fig apple. Or probably just figs out in the wild. I don't think they have a ton of apples chilling out there on the, in the brush in, in Africa. In the Garden, of, e- in the garden uh, of Eden. I have to, I have to ask Toto. They kicked it in Africa. Um, <laughs> and, and we can't even play music. Like, we got to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> You're still on that. Hey. That's a day one thing for DB. Dude, I'm traumatized. That in the clock. <laughs> right. But but he's it, and 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 lions think a certain way. If we don't eat, then X, Y, and Z happens. Mm-hmm. You always want to be the lion, not the gazelle, because the gazelle. Again, you need outside stimuli. Coaches know if you want to function at a high level, it can't be about. It can't be about the environment. You. People have to dictate the environment. The environment can't dictate the people. You want that mentality and that culture to be, to be portable. So he's not – we can laugh at it. We can eye roll. And, and I laugh, too. I'm like, these people – and I'm not – it's not everybody. But I hear, I hear this from people that haven't really competed for anything at a high level over time ever. So they don't get – why he's saying what he's saying. And it doesn't make people a worse person. It just means you haven't been in that situation before. But it's unprecedented what he's trying to Mm -hmm. go for in the modern era of college football. And I remember sitting there listening to these pep talks 
going into winter conditioning after winning two national championships. And it was intense, or it was tense, but it wasn't intense. And having been a captain of that team, I know what it was like to try to keep Well, you've been di- there, done that. People, I try are to a, keep, people are a product of their own experience. Let's listen to what I'm telling you, though. Before, before, we, before, we ex- before we try to listen to explain, let's listen to understand. <laughs> what I'm saying is— I heard, I heard you. That's why I said what I said. What, what I'm saying is what he's saying is legit for him and his team. If we critique it, that's cool, but it doesn't mean that it should be devalued. It's just mm-hmm. not for us to consume because we don't get it. Doesn't mean you can't be free of opinions, but he's absolutely believing what he's saying. There, there's no question in my mind because he's for two years well, now. He wouldn't be where he's at right now if he didn't believe for, in what he said. For two years, this dude has been guarding, a, and what's the word he uses? Entitlement entitlement I, I had a great conversation with a with a coach close to us just yesterday and he said my greatest challenge will be guarding against of a sense of entitlement given what this place brings its tradition and what we're surrounded by I look forward to embracing the grind. All coaches want to guard against letdowns, whether it's week to week, whether it's day to day. And I'm not going to begrudge a coach, whether we believe it or not. <laughs> if if some, if because what was yesterday? Yesterday was all about. It was all low hanging fruit. It was, it's like everybody was reading from a script and all they could think about was seven and five. National media, oh, who said seven and five? Do you, it doesn't matter who. All they had to do was hear it. It could have been a call-in show. It could have been an email. It could have been sitting around at the dinner table. I'm with you there. It, it you look for any type of motivation it, it, throughout it, the it, season. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter what, where it came from. All alphas that hunt know is they need something to compete against that that that's it so and and we'll, and i don't know I, I i just wonder why we're so consumed by that right like it was on 15 different national shows i heard it on the the canty and carlin Saying the same thing, and 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 Canty's competed, so he was kind of ex, he was kind of he was vibing with it, but I could I could just see it. You get the eye roll, oh, man. Who said seven and five? Listen, that's not even what I rest with. It's not like it, 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 it's 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 what works for for them. That's I, the reason I say I don't rest with that is because I never heard that. Like, that's not something that I ever heard that until doesn't, it was does, does, addressed. Doesn't, doesn't disqualify it, though. No, no, and I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but what I'm saying here is, like, when you hear Georgia in the national championship game, this is the first time that I'm hearing 7-5 and five after the national championship. Because you don't talk about you don't talk about stuff like that. And what do you say? I can, we won, so I can speak about this now. Right, but, okay. 
So you obviously heard it from somewhere, mm-hmm. right? You, you grab that motivation. You kind of run with it because you don't want to be – you don't want to be that, right? You want to be better than what people are going to say about you. You want to be undefeated. You want to win a national championship. That's fine. But all season long, nobody, nobody, it's not true. nobody doubted that. It's not true. That's a, that's unequ- I, I've, I've, that is absolutely I've unequivocally, that's absolutely unequivocally not true. What, less than, what, 3% of people D- doubted them? What if it's just one? And, and that's fine. Like I said, one person can. But, but what like, if, what if, you, what if you have trolls all the time popping in and out of, of different things on social media and things like that. So, like, you, you get doubted in different scenarios of your life. But that doesn't mean you latch on to those things. You may be looking for some sort of motivation, but you don't need that. Like, this is a team that's been good enough. They were, they've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And they had the experience. And they lost some guys, but they still had a lot of experience coming back to do that again. You know, you know I've, it, it, again... I understand, right? Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but it's not for them. They can't afford to think like you. So there's going to be, there's automatically going to be a split. And I, I just, sometimes I just want to say to people, and, and listen, you take pushback, 888-638-4876. Maybe you do think it was a, a bunch of baloney, but... If, if we get in the habit of listening to understand what's being said as opposed to listening to responding, just to respond, mm-hmm. I think I think It's going to be a make, hard change for we'd a, make, a media member we to, would make to not a lot try of, to get and I, story. And I'm not – listen, and I don't want to – everybody's like, different. Like Every, they're looking for some, some type of story. Everybody's frame of reference is different, right? You, you hear people say, I, I, a couple buddies – Oh man, the struggle is real. What struggle is that? Well, deciding between which which restaurant to go to. Man, the struggle is real. Frame of reference, right? You say that to somebody who has never been outside of their their city block, mm-hmm. the word struggle means something different. So guess what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't be quick to say to validate or vindicate what what somebody else's frame of reference is. I take it in and I try to listen to where that they're coming from. And I, I'm not trying to be a wet blanket like, oh, there's no fun. Like you can't have talk radio or have opinions. What I'm saying is... I, but you're I, having an opinion. So but I, think, I, I don't think, think that's I, what anybody's thinking right now. I'm not now. trying to validate me thinking. I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is I think it's okay for people to stand on their side of the street without wanting to convince the other all the time mm-hmm. that they're wrong. Right? Because... It's about it's about their product and again, between and it was real time during our show. We're having this we're having this conversation, right? Yeah, this was not planned. No, no, no. Like what I was telling you about. Oh, in regards uh, to your uh, coaching message, right? Yeah, and and I'm and I'm just thinking, and I was like, man, if if that's if that's really the sentiment, then I think you got a you got a chance to really be on the same page in terms of. Uh, in in terms of trying to really mm-hmm. rally the troops, right? Like that's real. Mm-hmm. And so when I listen to Kirby Smart, and I talk, and I and I immediately conjure up the level of uh, of disappointment. Like I wish, Drew Down, that we had been edgy and nasty and us against the world when we got our ass kicked. In 
in Tempe against Arizona State, right? Instead of letting a team come out during warm-ups and run through our warm-up drills and talk crazy, and we stand around like, oh, yeah, you know, we got this. See, what happens is you become deathly afraid when people take something from you because they want it worse than you. And when you're an alpha and you're trying to to be the best, the last thing you want is for somebody to out-want you. Because that's the one thing that you can control. So talent aside, like, and I kept hearing, oh, man, the way that they've recruited. They, tell that to Texas. Tell that to Texas A&M. Tell that to USC. Tell that to Oklahoma. There's a lot of teams that recruit at a high level that don't do what Georgia's been able to do. So I don't knock the hustle. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just remember getting on that plane after taking that tail kicking. Similar situation where you starting a new quarterback, had some horses coming back on D. That D was fantastic, by the way. Right? That, not to go out memory lane, but that, that 96 defense had some fellas. And, and those dudes were way good, and they kept us in a lot of games while the offense was kind of feeling its way along. But I say all that to say I'll never – like I found myself yesterday being motivated. I'm like, yeah, man. Like they barely got done passing around and kissing the trophy before my man is talking about what they've got to do to deprogram to get the entitlement out of the program. I was like, go, Kirby. Not that I want, you know, Georgia mm-hmm. to – to do something we couldn't do, but I listen. I don't look at you know. I just right. I just don't knock. Kirby's it. a different breed when it comes to coaches, though. I think he he's somebody that no matter who comes through his program, I don't think he's the type of guy that can lose a locker room. And like, <laughs> well, and in regards to like your Texas A and M point, I think Jimbo quickly lost that locker room and wasn't able to get it. So back. all so all the isolated examples aside, to be the contrarian, he doesn't. I use that as an example. They couldn't care less. They don't talk about A&M. They don't talk about, they don't talk about any of those things. They, 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 they talk about what, what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And where I think we were originally going with this is when I look at Nebraska's basketball team and the D word in terms of disappointment, I felt like there was two games where they had a chance to make kind of a semi-statement about where the program was. And one was K-State. Mm-hmm. I know it was non-con. And one was Purdue? No. The other was last night. Purdue, you weren't expecting to go get that Fair. dub. Okay. You, yeah. you, you, you played yeah. your tail off, you right? I'm with you there. Not overall outcome. but Illinois like was a just a slight fave. You were at home. You had just done something as a program with the non-con overtime win. They didn't win do anything you, fancy. You hadn't didn't, done it. They didn't do anything you weren't prepared for. Fudge. They got hot, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just played their hand. They, they, like, they, they, have, they played the same hand for the past five games, and it won by 20 against hey. Nebraska. Super unselfish, mm-hmm. too. Like, their ball movement. Selfish. Didn't you catch yourself last night like, holy smoke, extra pass? Well, and, you know, it's extra, funny because extra pass, I extra always pass. credit Nebraska's defense right. and their ability they had to scrambling. help side. They had them scrambling. And with quick ball movement like that and finding the best look, that's what allowed Nebraska, or Illinois to go on that run. I, don't, I can't remember if it was like that window of 13 minutes to it, seven minutes in the second half where they just kept making threes. So you, ha- so you had the stretch where Nebraska opened the second half, mm-hmm. that little mini run. Then the Illinois run. Then Illinois answered. Then then Breidenbach answered. (laughs) And then Illinois goes on the run. They they cut it to nine, and you're like, oh, man, game on. Mm -hmm. And then Illinois takes the timeout. Underwood loses his mind on the bench. 
and they come out and they make back-to-back mm-hmm. triples, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, Nebraska this, this was just one bucket away from cutting that to a single-digit deficit after that Breidenbach run. Like, yeah. it was kind of unexpected, too. You didn't expect to see Nebraska score 11 straight points and then get to a point where they're down 10. Greasel takes a three, and he goes short iron. And if that three falls and you have a seven-point deficit now, all the momentum. Yeah. And what, that, what, what happens and that, to and Illinois? That, because they're building, known to kind of crumble on their own. That building was ready to, to, to erupt. Yeah. Right? Uh, but for all we talk about with – with Illinois and shooting the three, it was just in that stretch. Because you know what they shot for the game, right? Uh, they were 8 of 29 from three. Yeah, which is 27%. Mm-hmm. And But remember what we said. They have the second best shooting rate. Yeah. When I say best, use that term loosely when I say this. Best shooting rate in the Big Ten, which means they shoot the second most threes in a game. They shot 29 threes and made eight. That's not overly impressive. No. Not not from an efficiency standpoint, but boy, was it timely. And how about all the guys that we talked about yesterday and we forgot to talk about danger. Woo, woo. The big fella. The he completely shut down Derek Walker. Dude, just big masses of humanity. Both those guys with the great soft hands and, and uh, danger's passing ability was crazy. And when he picked up the second foul and Nebraska didn't really – kind of closed the gap, you're like, ah, this one's going to be a grind. But for still the same stretch that Nebraska came out and shot the ball well in the second half, it wasn't good enough because they couldn't get enough consecutive stops. I, I just I just think ultimately that's what it boiled down to. You know, <sighs> Jawan Gary going down with an injury didn't help either oh, yeah. because it, it – it forced you to go to your bench earlier than you wanted ne- to. Nebraska's in a bind, too, when, when Kata has to play at at the five spot because you're basically playing four on five, too. I mean, Illinois just put a foot in the paint. Uh, they got a little loose with the ball trying to run the offense uh, through Kata. I It was just – I mean, it was good to see Lawrence get some minutes. It's good to see a lot of people get some minutes, but I, I would still like to see some more production from those guys coming off the bench outside of Kata because yeah. he's the type of guy that comes on the floor and says, I want to score. A lot of other guys come onto the floor and say, let's get the ball to Walker. Let's get the ball to Greasel, which is good. Like, you know, g- give your best players the better looks, but also don't be afraid to have some confidence out there and shoot the ball. Yeah, and Nebraska only got to the foul. And with all those fouls called, and we'll talk to – to Kevin Kugler here in just a few minutes. But with all those fouls called, how is Nebraska not going to the foul line more? Just 11 free throw attempts. Right. And, you know, they shot 54%. Not that five more makes, because I think they finished 6 of 11. Not that five more makes is like... Closes know, the, the gap by the any difference means. difference in a 20-point game, but... But... How are you not, being, how are you not getting to the rim? Because with all mm-hmm. those blocks, and Illinois leads the Big Ten in, in block shots a game, but they weren't getting fouled. But as Illinois is starting to lose their lead and Nebraska is slowly cutting back in, maybe those five free throws, if they happen yeah. at good points in the game, look a lot better than at the end of the game when you just look at the final score and think, oh, a 20-point loss for Nebraska. Ouch. Oh, well, they only shot 50% from the free throw line. Oh, that wouldn't have mattered, though. But, you know, at different points yeah, in the game, I don't really know where the fouls came, but they could have had a, a, a minor impact to give you a little bit of confidence out Dude, there. Dude, you had 24 in, like, the first 16 minutes. Like, a lot of fouls in the first half, as you said. A blow lot. the whistle. 
And uh, as you also said, we'll speak to Kevin Kugler next on the show. But let's uh, tell you a little bit more about what you're going to hear. At 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Brian Christofferson. Uh, we'll hit him up for recruiting. A uh, little portaling took place last night, an offensive tackle that Nebraska and, and myself, I would say, felt pretty good about. Yeah. And uh, he, it, You thought you asked if he was playing you. He was. <laughs> right. He was toying with me. <laughs> he was toying with me. And then uh, I think we're going to talk to Brandon Vogel live here at Hale Varsity Club. About we got to go pick him up. We gotta, yeah, we got to go pick hey, him up. Somebody call hotel. that guy a jitney. Let's get B. Vogel here. We'll play two for you at the end of the show, and then we'll also talk uh, an interesting topic if this is Casey's offense or Sims' offense before the top of the hour. But Kevin Kugler's next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. At 15, moves the blade back, sends the ball down the court. This is for a Porsche. Starting to turn, it's a right-to-left break. It hops along the hardwood, continuing to roll. Everybody looking. This putt's got a chance. It's on the line, and it is... Oh, just off to the right. Heartbreak in Husker Nation. Back with you on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Tossing a wave to your boy Shaner back there behind the production booth. It's this little Snoopy house. It is. He just doesn't have the roof or it's... It's not red either. And he needs Woodstock. Yeah. Well, he's about the size of Woodstock, so. I need, uh, I need a lot Woodstock. of <laughs> Maybe he's looking for Snoopy. You needed a little more honesty in that meeting yesterday is what you needed. <laughs> to be announced. Uh, <laughs> at this time, let's uh, welcome in Kevin Kugler, BTN Westwood One and Fox Sports play-by-play announcer. Kevin, good morning on the call last night. Morning, gentlemen. K2. How are you, buddy? Hello, Damon Benning. Are you refreshed? Look at that. Oh, refreshed. I mean, I'm fired up. I mean, how could you not be refreshed after watching some college basketball in person last night? A stellar performance, and it was just just an outstanding night of college hoops. I mean, for Illinois, it was an outstanding performance for Illinois. For for Nebraska, there was not much to talk about. You're a pro's pro, but at what point did you roll your eyes at the amount of whistles being blown? About 16-minute mark in the first half, I think. <laughs> There's another one. Yeah, it was it was a lot. Um, there were a lot of whistles last night. And, and, look, part of that's on the guys. You've got to adjust to how – it was very clear how the game was being called early. They were going to call a lot of stuff that gets left behind in other games. And that crew, for whatever reason last night, was going was gonna to kind of call this game close to the vest. And I didn't think either team adjusted well in the first half. And then in the second half, I didn't think the calls came as frequently. So either the teams adjusted or we just got numb to the whole process and didn't even notice anymore. 
You know, Taron Shannon Jr., uh, of course, had a double-double last night, but he, he's a player. He's somebody that you can just rest your team in and say, hey, when we need a bucket, go get us a bucket. Bucket, bucket getter. But for Nebraska, when you take away a guy like Derek Walker, who's kind of been that for this team, who is that bucket getter? Because they didn't really seem like they had someone to rely on like Illinois did in Terrence Shannon last night. Yeah, I think that's one area that Nebraska lacks. They don't have that guy who can go get it. They do so much of their offense through Derek Walker, run him through the high post. He passes from up top. He just distributes. You, you see the offense flow so much better when Derek Walker is out there, and there's just not that guy that Nebraska has in reserve to pick up that slack. And it's not Blaze Kata, who's a more defensive-oriented guy, and he's still battling that ankle. Had a little setback earlier in the week with that, so he's still slow with that ankle. And even when he's healthy, he's not a guy that you look at and say, there's a big offensive force off the bench. They just lack that offensive guy, which is why Fred Hoiberg smartly has built this team around defense. The problem is when you don't have your weapons, they didn't have Bandamel, they didn't have Walker in the first half with foul trouble, it puts it all on Greasel, who, you know, needs some help at times to be able to get himself open and get himself a shot. And so when you don't have the help that usually comes from Bandamel or Walker, it becomes an offensive struggle. And, and you saw that last night. Nebraska's going to have those problems, especially – when foul trouble hits them, there's just not a lot of offensive firepower. They've got to defend at an extremely high level, and we've seen them be able to do that to success this year. But if they cannot defend for the course of a game and somebody can break through like Shannon could driving to the basket last night, it becomes really tough for the Huskers. Did it seem like Danger played more than 16 minutes? Because for a guy that only had one field goal attempt, it seemed like he had his fingerprints all over that basketball game. But then I look, and it's like, oh, he did get in foul trouble. 16 minutes? It seemed like an eternity. He is really – you talk about a guy with upside. That's a kid with upside. I mean, you, you can see it in what he does when he's on the floor. You can see the skill that he has. They love their young group of players. They love Ty Rogers, and you saw why last night. I thought Ty Rogers had an outstanding game, even though his box score isn't going to really look like he did anything. But his fingerprints were on that game when he came off the bench as well. But you're right about Danger. I, I love that kid. Watching him work last year in practice against Kofi Coburn, and you could see, man, he's just learning. And there was no, it's nothing he could do but learn because you're learning behind one of the best centers in the Big Ten last year, but he wasn't going to crack the lineup. I mean, you're not going to take Kofi Coburn out and throw this kid in for any more than spot minutes because you can't afford to do so. They've got another couple of kids on their bench right now that they think will be the next guy after Dane Danger. So Brad Underwood's done a good job of bringing talent in, although the funny thing is they're the winningest team in the Big Ten the last three years, and they've had one guy drafted in that span, and it was a second-round pick. So it's not as much overwhelming talent as it is with Brad Underwood. He kind of builds the way Purdue does, where you bring in guys that you think fit your program that are character guys, and you develop them as best you can – supplementing with guys from the transfer portal, which is what they've done this year. Speaking to Kevin Kugler at Kevin Kugler on Twitter. And Kevin, let's switch gears here and look toward the weekend. You're calling Super Wild Card Weekend. You have the Dallas and Tampa game on deck. Dallas 
kind of just fallen off in week 18 where they were competing for that one spot and then all of a sudden got the five. They get Tom Brady now, who's never easy to play against, even though Tampa hasn't been the team that we probably all thought they would be this season. Uh, What are you looking forward to in that matchup? Well, I think for Dallas, they've got to get that run game going again. That's the strength of this team. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have to be the guys that you lean on, and then Dak has to be able to complete passes to, you know, CeeDee Lamb and get his guys involved after the run game has been established. That's the key for Dallas. If they can get that run game going, they're going to feel very good about where they are going forward. But for Tampa, I mean, what a perfect situation for them. They get a Dallas team that, let's be honest, looked awful in their loss to Washington. I mean, they were flat. They were they just looked unmotivated, and they were terrible in a game that meant nothing to Washington other than trying to cause problems for Dallas, which they certainly did. But for Tampa, you're home. You've got Tom Brady for who knows how much longer, maybe one more game. Maybe Tom doesn't play. I mean, it seems like we do this every year. Is this Tom Brady's last game? And then, of course, it's not. But maybe it's Tom Brady's last game. Maybe it's not. Tampa at home against the Dallas team that all of a sudden is questioning itself a little bit. I like the I like the scenario for Tom Brady to try to put things together for maybe one more run to the second weekend of the playoffs at least. And Dallas all of a sudden can't stop the run either, but who's no. last whose last game is this more apt to be? Tom Brady's or Mike McCarthy's? You kind of get the sense he he may be coaching for his his future in Dallas. Well, supposedly Jerry Jones says even if it's one and done, it does not impact Mike McCarthy. And I, and I hope he's right about that because, man, the body of work for the season has been extremely good for Mike McCarthy. But as we know, Damon, everything's determined by playoffs. That's how you're defined. That's how quarterbacks and coaches are defined in this league. You're defined by the success or failure that you have in the postseason, regardless of the year you've had during the regular season. And I think overall Dallas has had a very good year, but if they follow up a week 18 thrashing by the Washington commanders with a loss in the first round of the playoffs to Tampa Bay, you're certainly going to have some people grumbling around Dallas. That's for sure. A game that Dak didn't look good at all in that first half. And uh, you would hope that he can bounce back in this one. But DB and I were talking, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, about Dak Prescott and wondering where he kind of fits in in the, in the rankings of quarterbacks this year. And we kind of rested him between 10 and 15. But, you know, before this season, it seemed like people were like, oh, no, Dak's a top 10 quarterback, no doubt. But as we keep talking about quarterbacks coming in the draft, is there potential that Dallas moves on from Dak at some point? Can on 35. Yeah. Now. I mean, maybe. I don't think it's going to be this year. Um, I I look at where Dak is, and I I look at where he is in the arc of his career, and I still think there's upward progression for him. But I would agree with the ranking where you put him. I mean, part of that is Dak, and part of that is this league right now is enjoying, especially in the AFC, a quarterback resurgence. I mean, you look at the young quarterbacks, who are you going to put Dak ahead of? You're not going to put him ahead of Justin Herbert right now because of the incredible upside he has. You're not going to put him ahead of Josh Allen. You're not going to put him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. So there's three guys right off the top of the of the AFC in the playoffs that you think, all right, well, Dak's already fourth before we even get to the conference that he's in and before we even get to other quarterbacks in the AFC, which is the loaded conference right now. I mean, where's Lamar Jackson fit into this mix when mm. he's healthy? All of these conversations, I, I don't know how you'd end up with Dak anywhere other than between 10 and 15 because I just don't think he's the guy that – you would ever put in the same category with 
Mahomes, and Allen, who are the top two in the league, in my opinion. Uh, going all potpourri with the most familiar voice in sports. <laughs> Kevin, we don't even do this enough, man, but anytime we get a chance to get you, we'd love it. Yeah, please come back. We enjoyed it. You never call. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. The dagger from Kevin Googler. Oh, Toss him a follow at Kevin Googler on Twitter. We finished off talking quarterbacks in the NFL. How about we talk quarterbacks at Nebraska next and whose offense this is set up to be next season. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Look at us just doing work as the show starts right back up. It's, it's and it, it adds to our conversation, Man. and we'll tell you in a moment. It's coffee and cream here on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, 590 ESPN, 1480 ESPN in Lincoln, live on YouTube, live on Twitter. We appreciate you joining the show this morning alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage. And as we were discussing before the break of talking about Marcus Satterfield's thoughts in the press conference last Friday of what he wants to see from this offense, in particular, the quarterback position. And his vision included that quarterback run component, which um, also needs a good offensive line, and we'll get into that more with Brian Christofferson next. But if that's the case, if you look at it just from that standpoint, Jeff Sims is looking more and more like your starting quarterback next season. But... Is he polished enough? That was the big question that we had talked about yesterday. The way I look at it is you, you have a guy like Casey Thompson. Yes, Jeff Sims it, it can be magical in moments. He has a lot of, uh, of good throws. Uh, he, he can make plays uh, with his legs uh, more times than not. But he also has more bad throws that go along with the good throws. Mm. And it's not very consistent. But when you look at a guy like Casey, he looked consistent last season, and he didn't even have the best people in front of him. Yes, he had Trey Palmer to throw the football to, but the offensive line was shaken up. He didn't have a lot of time. Based on how the past offensive coordinator thought, did it fit Casey's elements more than Satterfield's thoughts in this? Yes, you know, because Casey's more of a pocket passer. He likes to throw it. But he can move with his legs, too. And we saw that last year. So if you look at this, do you want the quarterback run component? Yes. But you're not relying on that. That's not outweighing the fact that you still need to throw the football and move the ball down the field. You can run the ball with your backs, especially with how they want to align with a fullback now, too. But Casey can scramble. I don't want people to forget about that. We saw him scramble before. He can be speedy with his feet. He may just have to do it more now. That's going to be it. 
So I'm just looking at, and what we were doing was quickly scrambling to see who else, besides Card and Evers, and, you know, I was going to change gears at the quarterback spot. Northwestern's got to change gears at the quarterback spot. Um, I mean, and and Card is probably the flashy name because at least we've seen him play, uh, you know, certainly a, a notch above. Evers, and we'll see what happens. Great with snag, for McNamara, and Iowa. He's probably going to be uh, the leader, at least early, and in, in the in the clubhouse there. But with this transitioning of quarterbacks in the West, and I don't listen. I don't profess to know Satterfield a ton. We've only talked a couple of times, you know, in person. But in one of the sit downs that I, the feel that I got. Because he was super honest about where he's been and how he's coached and, you know, coaching guys like Spencer Rattler who announced that he's coming back to, to South Carolina. And it's amazing. It's already Rattler's fifth year. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It seems like we were just watching him in a high school all-star game. Doesn't it? For me, it was his first year at Oklahoma. Like, it, it seems like it went from that to this and the matter of a blink of an I eye. Did, yeah. and, and for you, if you think back to high school, that's, your blink must have been a lot quicker than mine. Because I just remember the the great receivers he was throwing to in that All-Star game. I was like, Ali, just throw it up and go get it. I mean, he, he, throwing to some fellas in that, in that All-America game. But, you know, Nebraska has a chance – to kind of hit the ground running with that quarterback spot because everybody else is. You know, I think Minnesota likes their situation. I don't think they love their depth, but at least with Califkanagas, they are in a familiar spot. Now, they are going with co-coordinators in Minnesota, so we'll see how that works with Sriracha's departure again. Not to be confused with the sauce. Which is fantastic, by the mm-hmm. way. Go to your nearest mm-hmm. mart and grab you some of that if you like <laughs> a little spice in your life. Uh, please don't go spicy chicken. I can just have that in my head. Especially <laughs> I should never try to get you off track yeah, because it takes yeah, us a while to turn the steering I know, wheel. Man, <laughs> but it's opportunity. So I and this started. This conversation started from the weekend when I told you I just went like all in, just watching as much Jeff Sims as I could mm-hmm. because. I think Casey Thompson is in an interesting situation. Now, Dad has pretty much intimated that Casey's coming back. Haven't heard a ton from Casey. We know we know that he's going to have surgery and probably miss all mm-hmm. of spring, which would be interesting. As they're installing a new offense, you're going to watch some other guys play. You know, you've got a ton of experience. You've been a starter at two big time programs, at least in name, uh, and. Being a spectator, right, you, you need to be a super mature mm-hmm. guy because I've said this before, rehab is a very lonely place. It's even more lonely when you watch guys competing for your job. And that's the big thing. Right. So if you're not a guy that's locked in, hey, when he comes back, he, listen, if you're not KD mm-hmm. or, or some of these guys, like when you come back from injury, you're the guy. Right. Um, and it, how do you avoid looking like a phony in that case, right? Because well, if you're like Casey in this, he's going to have to be that leader, try to help Jeff Sims get acclimated and to And he's it. been really good with that. Now, right. this one may be different because – Jeff Sims could be more than just a placeholder. You got the sense this current la- this last season it was more about placeholding until like especially I get when you bring in a new coach like he's looking for his guy. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll bet. So I'm off, sure right? there's a lot of thoughts looming in his head. So my takeaway, and this could be quick, 
because I don't know enough yet with, with Sat, there's three things that I'm like, okay, this is what you better have as a quarterback. Number one, you, you, you better have some aptitude. Right, he talks fast. He moves fast. He's extremely competitive. Um, so I think he's in the results business. Like, I get that sense from him. I, I think you have to be pretty secure. Uh, I think he's going to say exactly what's on his mind and kind of worry about the polishing of it later, right? I think he's very direct, so I think you need a certain level of of confidence and security. And the other thing is is I think you have to be ultra-competitive, right? Competitive people want to be around competitive people, and I get the sense that Coach Sad is extremely competitive. So I think if I'm going to put some ingredients in a bottle and I'm not going to make it about physical attributes, Mm -hmm. that's what I think you're going to want. And in and, and a quarterback. And so when I look at Sims and kind of where he's been, um, the high end, the ceiling versus the floor, we saw some of the floor and maybe it was some of the talent he was surrounded with. Some of it is, is his own mechanics. But you, there's no real denying the talent, right? Big arm. Um, he's got decent size. He's 6'3". I, I'm going to guess he's a 200-pounder. He looks slight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think – he kind of gives me Lamar Jackson vibes. Yeah, except Lamar's a little guy. Right. Lamar can't be but six foot, six one. I mean, is Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson six one? He's got to be six one, maybe. I'm sure he is. Sims looks longer than, than, than LJ, but both slight. Uh, what six is, two is six Lamar. Two? Yeah, I don't know about that. But I, <laughs> maybe on the program <laughs> in high school. <laughs> yeah, but... But having but having said and remember he bulked up right this last mm-hmm. offseason was supposed to help him yeah, with some Sims is six three with some added pounds. Sims looks like a little taller. Drink but the of way water. he runs and you talk about him being slim too, that's really nice to have when you're scrambling in that quarterback position. You don't take up a lot of room, uh, and you can squeeze through different different holes and things. And what kind of QB run game is it? Is it like boot waggle, mm-hmm. getting guys on the edge? Is it sprint out? I don't think it's just going to be zone read, right? Because I don't think number. I think Matt Rule's a little more unique than that. I do too. I don't think he wants to get in the in the one in the one back gun business, handoff zone read. I, I especially if you're talking about tight ends and fullbacks, right? I think right. I think run action. I think a little bit of what you saw from Georgia. Um, I do like the fact that Coach Satterfield has had experience coaching in a big time conference with some good defensive minds, uh, like the SEC, because. He's going to have some good defensive minds in the Big Ten, and so creativity is is going to be a must. But in terms of whose offense it is, if you're going to be going through rehab and coming off surgery, I actually think, could I convince you that this is an ideal time to do it with offensive implementation? Because while you want the reps, the mental capacity and being around it every every day Remember, Casey has the advantage of not always being in class either, right, as, as a guy mm-hmm. that is, is a, a graduate. So the time that you can spend interacting with your coach when you're not in, in class, uh, I think, can help. And everybody's learning at the same time. So it's about how much ability can I, can I absorb. We always want the live reps. Don't get me wrong. You always want the live reps, but you're not out there as a team for another couple of months anyway, right? So maybe this is the ideal time to try to – I always call it stealing reps, right? When we're coaching out on the field and 
We try to keep everybody busy at the same time. When your position is not in, I always say, hey, steal reps, right? What's envision you being in here right now as opposed to, to doing something else? And it's always a little more difficult mm-hmm. in high school than it is in college to get guys to dial in like that. But could I, could I convince you that this is an opportune time? I think it's uh, an opportunity, too, for Casey to and he's hone, mature to hone in on maybe a skill that he doesn't have, you know, fully developed yet. Like, and I'm not saying that you know, it has. It goes back to footwork, or I'm not saying it goes back to you know. He could rest. Right. Remember, his, he had the knee, had the elbow. Right. Or maybe it's him analyzing film and showing off his uh, his ability Football IQ. to receive that information. And that could go even further than getting those reps in practice. Yeah. So he has the ability to tune into different different elements of rehab yeah. and, and make a case for himself outside of the fact that he's not getting those reps right away. And plus, he's hard. it's hard to get rid of, man. He's just always there as a competitor. I wouldn't give up just yet. Let's talk more with Brian Christofferson next. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Dave. Back with you on Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. We're having some fun on a Wednesday morning, eight o'clock, top of the hour, live from the H and H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And we're going, we're going to continue our conversation that we just broke up from last. Is Casey Thompson and Jeff Sims really competing? Whose offense is it? I'm going to ask Brian Christofferson. He's coming in right now, and he's the senior writer for Husker 24-7.com. You want to lob him a softball with Correa or something like that? You could just come in swinging. You, you, you want me to go with Correa Well, first? let's see what kind no, of mood yeah, he's I want, in. I want to continue B- B- our, B- our B- point. We'll know by his answer. BC, good morning. How are you? BC, what's up? Shano? Is BC there? Is he, did he mute us? He might have. I can hear, I can hear his, his dead air. So, like, it, something's on mute. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. We'll, we'll, we'll try to call him right back. We'll try to get him right back. Yeah, you uh, can't just come out firing. Well, you know, you know what's funny, too? Our poll question today, we didn't even get to it yet. I said, what's the likelihood? Well, you just jumped right in talking Husker hoops and bashing Kirby Smart. Well... Can you it, not me, in that order. Can you let me get to the poll question? No. Please. I don't know. Absolutely I didn't not. even bash Kirby. All I said was <laughs> I, I thought they were a better team Good than what George, they, what they talked about. Who said seven and five? My gosh. That low-hanging dirty fruit. I, I didn't hear anybody say seven and five. <laughs> hey, our poll question of the day, before we go back down that rabbit hole. What, so I, said, I showed DB this in our meeting yesterday, a graphic of Carlos Correa coming back. To the twins, I said, "What's the likelihood?" Dude, you slid your phone across the table during a grown-up meeting. <laughs> because it, it was all Mets for the longest time. Well, it was two teams. Well, it was Mets and then Giants. But, so yeah. all I could see when you slid the phone across the table was Correa. Uh-huh. So I was like, "Uh oh, what is it?" Right? Because right? I didn't know if there's like some great announcement on what the health issues really were, and I was like, "Wow, the twins took him back." Right. Hey, uh, Brian Christofferson, welcome back. Hey, guys. How you doing? Oh, hey, hi, B. How, how, how are, are you? you doing? That's the real question. Uh, well, I heard you talk about Carlos Correa. That's pretty good. I mean, that's the way the Twins can land a guy like that is it has to go through some uh, sort of absurd uh, <laughs> cycle. But um, 
You know, as long as that plate doesn't come through his leg, we'll take him. And six years seems like a good deal. Let's see what happens. Hey, you know, I'm kind of fired up about the twins. <laughs> our poll question today is: What's the likelihood Carlos Correa passes his physical after signing that six-year deal? Would you say it's a hundred percent, greater than fifty percent, twin percent, which is just two percent? Like that, and he won't pass. What do you think? They gotta know. Oh, they, yeah, the, the twins—they had him a year. They—he's he, gonna <laughs> pass this one. Um, their twins' physicals are more lenient. They'd, they'd be like, if I take a physical and they really wanted me, which they want, they'd be like, yeah, he's fine, he's fine. Yeah, so uh, he is gonna be a Minnesota twin, and if if that doesn't happen, um, I don't know. That would be the most. This is already one of the strangest uh, signings I've ever seen, but. Um, I don't know. Car- he's still got some good years left. Oh, yeah. And he played mo- almost every game uh, last season. I mean, he played a lot. So it wasn't like he was just injury-plagued last year. So I'm I'm optimistic about it. It, it uh, fills a big hole and uh, gives the Twins hope in the Central uh, in the race to win 85 games. You know, um, and that's um, sort of what that division's about. Writing this down, Twins Vikings fan <laughs> uses word opti. Mystic. <laughs> 2023. Did you actually write it down? Yeah. Twins, Vikings, uses optimistic. All right. I just wanted to make note You're of that because it always seems like, and I had the, the, the Vikings were my dark horse this year to start the season, and I can't get BC to believe in them. He thinks they're one and done. Their goose is cooked against the Giants. So what should we talk about, BC, to get you in your, your sweet spot? Is it? Whose offense is this going to be from a quarterback development standpoint? Who's starting along the offensive line? How? What? Where does BC want to go to stay in your in your good morning, good vibe wheelhouse? <laughs> well, that's nice. I get to spin the wheel a little bit. Yeah. I, I, oh, we could we could go a line. There's been a lot of line talk. I know people uh, were kind of bummed last night because uh, they thought they'd get uh, Zuka. Um, but we'll see what happens with Rouse still. You know, Rouse did an interview with us on Monday, and I thought it sounded promising. I know Iowa and Oklahoma both on their end have also had some optimism in their camps that he could be theirs. I think we might get a decision on that one this afternoon. Um, and if they got – if Nebraska landed Rouse at left tackles where I think he's going to be, that's where they talk to him according to what Rouse said. And you could, obviously that – that moves the chairs around, Damon. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it already is with Ben Scott coming in at center. But if you put in a four-year starter at left tackle, and then you maybe Brahaska's right tackle, you know, Corcoran could go inside. You know, the wheels really get turning. And we we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, there's hope for depth when you think about that group. Absolutely. With coming back and, and Prohaska hopefully being healthy and all that. Yeah, the thing about it is, not to be devil's advocate, even though that was a fantastic movie. Um, big Al Pacino guy. BC, is yeah. Teddy Prohaska a right tackle? I don't know. You, I mean, um, you know that better than I would. And I, I, I don't want to just say someone's for sure, like Rouse, if he were to uh, raise his hand for Nebraska, like, okay, he's left tackle. I'm just saying during the interview, he said that's what they talked to him about. Um, and they said that'd be the spot, and that's where he's played. And, um, you know, Prohaska obviously showed promise in limited time there. Um, I've I've had a silver lining look about um, 
Prohaska since his last injury because I was worried about him last season. I'm not saying he was out there when he shouldn't have been, uh, but he told us, the media, that he was struggling kind of with that mental part of dealing with being back on the field after that first injury the year before. And I was a little worried about him, I'll be honest, because, you know, that's it's tough to play that way at that position. And so while it was an unfortunate thing when that second injury happened, which was separate from the first, I was at least like, okay, this is a time to recalibrate. Uh, he'll have extra time, and I really hope we can see that guy just full go and see, because um, I know there's people who know line play a lot better than I do that say that guy's got all the raw tools. Um, it, it, it's just been a matter of can he have that long runway where he gets consistent playing time to grow into the player that, that people think he can be, including Donovan Riola, who I believe has always had a lot of um, thoughts of the upside of Teddy Prohaska, him and, uh, him and Don, Dominic Riola. We're speaking with Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker247.com. Toss him a follow on Twitter, at Husker247BC. Brian, as we went into the break, we were talking if this was going to be Casey's offense next year or Jeff Sims' offense next year, just based on what Marcus Satterfield said in regards to his vision, including that quarterback run component. When you look at those two and knowing the rehab Casey has to go through, who, who do you think is set up to run the offense next year? Kind of like a way-too-early prediction at this point. My way-too-early prediction is Jeff Sims. Um, and I just base that off of when I listen to Rule speak about him and um, just glowingly about the traits he has and uh, just how – um, you know, it's just a thing or two, and he can he can really be. I think they think he could be a special quarterback. I think Satterfield thinks that. And when Satterfield met Sims, it seemed like the way Satterfield described it, those two just hit off immediately, talking ball. Like they they were just like, let's get in the shop and, and mm-hmm. talk about things, and they connected on you know good ideas and what works and what doesn't and all that stuff. So I don't know. It, it was just something about the way Jeff Sims was spoken about around that early signing day period that kind of um, changed my mind and made me think maybe he's the guy there. Um, but let's see if Casey can get back um, in full health, um, you know, by the end of the spring. Uh, what does that do to his running game? I don't know. I think Casey's a very capable runner, um, probably every bit as much as Jeff Sims. It's just a matter of if the injury, uh, if that detracts from you wanting to do that as much. But it's obviously going to be a part of this offense. You know, um, Satterfield said uh, it's a crucial part of the offense. That when Sometimes when your, your group is stuck in the mud and you need something, to have a guy with some wheels who can at least get you out of danger on occasion, that's a pretty big deal. And I watched Rattler. At, at his peak in that offense, which really didn't happen until about the last third of the year for South Carolina, and it was a different kind of QB run game. It was more to keep plays alive and off of heavy run action. It wasn't necessarily, you know, design, line up, go QB power with a lead back. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, BC, to see what happens with, number one, Casey getting a chance to get his lower body healthy, right? I mean, we know about the elbow and the thumb, but, man, you know, the knee was bad. Uh, he's kind of hobbling around a little bit. He took some shots last year. I almost wonder, with a guy that's that smart, that's a very higher-level, 
high-level football thinker, if this isn't an opportune time to be trying to get his body right, because I think he can learn so much just talking to Coach Satterfield. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not writing off Casey at all. I just uh, – and these way-too-early prediction things, people have fun with them, and you, you throw out a name, and it's got to be somebody. But uh, if Casey can uh, really connect with uh, Coach Satterfield – and uh, sort of take in, okay, this is what he wants to do with this offense. Casey is is uh, as sharp as anybody at picking that stuff up and uh, would be formidable and very tough to topple. And, you know, if he if he's back here, he's not coming back here to, to be number two. So um, it, it it's a little bit of a bold prediction if you were to actually say if Casey's healthy that he's not the guy. But I, I do think um, there were some people when Jeff Sims was originally – uh, signed or committed around here, I, I could hear it. It was sort of like, well, okay, he's the back backup guy, and he'll be the next in line after Casey. This is how it works. That's not how football always goes, you know. There's not just this little set plan um, that you put on paper where, okay, this guy gets this year and this guy gets the year after that. Uh, Jeff Sims is coming in here to win that job too. So it's a tough call. Who? I, what was your pick, Damon? You probably talked about it, but if you're way too early now. Who? Who are you saying at that I, spot? I don't know. Like. I, th- I think I-, I talked to a couple of coaches that coach in other conferences that really like Sims upside if once they iron out the mechanics like as a can't miss talent. So I get it because he's fresh in everybody's minds. But there's just something about Coach Satterfield's personality. I can't really describe it where I know you have to be a certain kind of person. To, to, absorb, mm-hmm. to absorb what he's saying. So that's what I don't know. I think it's who can receive – his style the best, not necessarily who the best physical talent is. I, that's kind of where I'm at today. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, and uh, Casey would excel at that. If 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 he's around here all off season, um, he's someone I would uh, I would think is going to be pretty involved, even he's if so he can't be out on the field. He's so stinking so, smart. Um, yeah, he and, is. And, and, he and was, what hasn't he been through, BC? I mean, he's been through he's been through criticism getting benched, uh, not supposed to be the guy, then coming off the bench to be the guy. He's had to be a good teammate. Like, his toolbox is full when it comes to resolve. Right, and there is something to be said for having sat in that chair as Nebraska's QB for a season and dealt with, um, like you were kind of saying in that answer, uh, I mean, there are arrows that come at you at that spot, and um, you got to deal with all the questions. You got to be kind of the face of it every week, and he excelled at that to a major level. Um, I don't know why I, I keep coming back as what like right now. Sims is my answer, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's very close to me. So um, I, I think if if Casey's body can uh, can heal as everybody hopes it will, and it does it pretty efficiently. Um, you're right as far as the just the mind part and like being able to learn okay this is what this guy expects out of his offense and a guy who's been in college football for five years basically has seen everything from a lot of really good coaches he's going to have no problem um, adapting to it I think um, if as long as there is that connecting part between the coaches and him and so if, if that's there uh, he will be tough to beat there's no doubt about it talking with Brian Christopherson from 24-7 Sports BC I, I've been in the lab man I you know the Xavier Betts rumor is out there is he coming back is he not I've 
I've, I've talked about it a little bit. And so I did some homework, right? It just, okay. Knowing Z the way that, that our family does and kind of what I think he brings to the table if he comes back, parameters in place for Coach Rule and that staff. I looked at Coach Rule's kind of his coaching history in terms of where he's been. Philadelphia, he's recruited New Jersey. Um, he, he's had some guys. Hassan Reddick and Robbie Anderson come to mind. And I think about high upside versus kind of guys he's had to be patient with and, and, and have some rules in place. He, he had to really get guys to walk a fine line in Waco. And they received it well in terms of his discipline and what you had to bring to the table. Was it an eye roll? Was it a what the? Was it a, oh, I could see it when you hear and now do some investigating on the potential of Z returning to Nebraska once he popped up in the transfer portal? No, I mean, when he popped up, I I immediately, I mean, thought, well, what about the local school? Could they be in play here? I could, I could see it. Uh, being a possibility, but it is going to be a have to be with a coaching staff, um, like you're saying, that really has the parameters in place of this is what the expectations are, um, this is what we ex- expect you to meet, and uh, you know, I, I think really with a player like Xavier, we just want to be like, got to make sure your mind is all in for this right now. This is what you really want. This is what you want to put everything into. Um, I know Xavier has a lot of other has had a lot of other interests and and that's that's fine, uh, but this is a this is that point where it's sort of like you gotta you gotta be like fully invested in this for this thing to take off. And if he finds a staff uh, where that message really connects with them, and it happened to be Matt Rule's staff, yeah, I don't see why it couldn't be Nebraska. I don't know where that sits probably near as well as you do, um, so I'll say that up front. Um, but I don't roll my eyes at it. Mm. I don't. I mean, it's it is it's a school down the road. It's the school he's been at. Um, I know there were other circumstances and you know why he, he wasn't there last year. Um, and just I I I I could see it. Um, but I I don't know how how close we are to that being a possibility or not. Um, but um, I do think Matt Rule and his staff are going to put it out there. If if there's conversations there, like this is this is what it's going to look like. These are the expectations, and you know, if it's for you, that's good. And if it's not, we wish you well elsewhere. And that's what he has said about every player um, that he's had. You know, that's on the roster and guys that are in the portal. That's sort of their message. And I, I do believe this. Matt Rule wants success for guys that even decide to transfer or whatever. He he wants them to do well, uh, but he just wants them to see. This is how we do it. If it's for you, go for it. If not, we wish you a lot of success. I think I will say this before Drew Down goes. I, I do think Betts put his name in the portal to gauge Nebraska's interest, not other mm-hmm. schools' interest, because Nebraska mm-hmm. has to go first because I think he needed to know where he stood with them. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> um We've seen when that guy is playing and uh, invested, he's he's a special talent. He can run past people, so it's a matter of if he really has the right coaching and a connection with those guys, a lot can still happen. So uh, I, I root for Xavier, whether it's football or not, um, 
but uh, the Nebraska thing, you, I mean, he grew up around it. Uh, he's been around it, and um, I'm not uh, closing my eyes about that situation. Mm. Brian, when you talk about parameters and investment in instances like this, we talked about the fraternity of receivers that Nebraska now has with the addition of Billy Kemp. Take your conversation one step further when you say, like, hey, you need to buy into the program with coaches. How about from the big little perspective, if you're looking at the structure of a fraternity, how much should those experienced receivers help those young guys do that and buy in like, and be mentors for these for these young guns? Like Fleeks, Kemp, and Washington? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's a good question. It I, is. I think Billy Kemp is a really nice addition uh, in part because of that. I mean, he's been through a lot um, at Virginia. Um, you know, basically he's played four four or five seasons there. Guys who just have been through that college football grind and know how tough it is. I mean, these guys are, are getting up, to, you know, at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., and it's an all-day uh, sort of deal. And you have to have just incredible commitment to it, and there's going to be times along the process. I know this with every player where it wears on you, and there's even, you know, even really guys who have a lot of success. Most I've talked to after their career, there's those moments where, like, I'm, do I want to keep – going with this is this for me and all that stuff and that's where I think it really helps to have those guys in the room who have been around three or four years who can put a hand on your shoulder I don't know what type of personality Billy Kemp has and and Joshua Fleeks and all that Um, but if they can be mentors as much as um, you know guys that you can rely on to make a few plays here and there that's going to be just major for the foundation of this program but as far as a player I mean Billy Kemp uh, what I like about him is uh, he's a high-volume guy. If you look at his stats in 2021, I mean, he had 74 catches at Virginia. In 2020, I think he averaged 6.7 during the, the COVID season, as we call it. So um, he's a guy who's you know had more than 1,700 yards, was a punt returner. So there's a lot of versatility and things to like there. But I do – I like what you're getting at with the question because I, I think there's a, this is a time in this program right now where when you look at the various position groups, if you can have guys who are, I call them bridge players, like bridges to the future, and they're going to give you good quality stuff on the field, but as much off of it for a year or so, and kind of this is how things are going to go around here, and then hopefully those guys who are freshmen and sophomores or coming into the program, they see it and they kind of nod their head, and then a year or two they're doing that to younger players themselves, and hopefully then you get the cycle going that way. B.C., let me get you out of here on this uh, the last couple of minutes. When you, when you take a look at this staff and how he's put it together now that it's in its um, totality, how sh- are you less or more sure that there is a very specific plan in place for how Coach Rule wants to oversee and coach his staff? Uh, I mean, I, I'd say – I guess I'd say more sure. I mean, I, I just feel like he, I think he's known throughout, you know, when, after he got fired at Carolina, he had time to sit back and think like, okay, this is what my 10 full-time guys could look like. Here's who the guys who are in the, you know, quality control positions could look like. And here's backup plans if this happens or that happens. I really believe just listening to Matt rule talk that he's, 
he had that sort of plan already. So, I mean, it, like, you know, the the young receivers coach, Garrett McGuire, that, that's supposed to come in. I mean, that that's a guy that Rule didn't just think of, like, in desperation on December 15th. You know what I mean? Like, he's a guy, he's a, he's a guy that, like, I would guess a couple of years, even when uh, Garrett was a player at Baylor, um, you know, Matt Rule's looking at him and saying, you know, son of Joey McGuire, of course, he's coaching Texas Tech. This guy's got the stuff. He's got the database. He's meant for this, and he's, he's going to build into it, and there's going to be a chance to help him do that. And uh, I guess I'm kind of off on into that lane now, but if you look around college football, uh, 24-25 is the new 34-35, it seems like. <laughs> we're, starting to see, uh... we're starting to see more of these guys pop up. Uh, you know, who are going to have trouble renting cars, uh, you know, for a decent <laughs> price, but they're already full-time coaches. So uh, that's going to happen more and more, I think, around college football. Hey, I think you brought up the biggest concern in, in young coaches right there, renting cars. <laughs> that is great. The insurance is going to be through the roof. BC, thanks so much, man. Thanks, B. Yep, thanks, guys. Hey, Brandon Vogel's next. and Crane with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Back out of the break, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. He's Damon Benning, I'm Andrew Rogers, and now we're going to talk to Brandon Vogel. And since you're probably tired of seeing me, I tossed it over to him, but there he is. He's back, so I'm going to go right here it's it's good to have him home i mean this is actually his baby <laughs> yes it is this guy right here Remo- remove the club unless you started a nightclub and i don't know about hail it. Var- no, it, it should be hail and i used to always you know because we've been talking to him for years i always used to say all hail well, it, it, he originally had vogel here yeah. but they made him put varsity i get it yeah. I, f- I feel smarter just sitting here <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Um, I made it. So I grew up seven hours west of Omaha. You can still be in Nebraska seven hours west of here. Really? Um, and I hadn't been back there. There, touching Scott's Bluff up there in the corner. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't been back there since 2019. I think this is the first time I've been in Omaha since 2019. Between pandemic and had a child in 2021, so. Uh, good to be back. Uh, Very good. 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 And you good made the walk it. down from the hotel and. Um, Nobody hit you with their car or anything. So nobody, nobody hit me with their car. It was. Uh, I've been pleased with the Nebraska weather. It's not too too cold yeah. right now. So so it's, it was a nice outdoor jaunt. Oh, yeah. but we got to get the most important thing out of the way. All bias aside, how good is the food here? Real good. It's, I gotta, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. I got to have it for the first time. <laughs> Real nice. First Clark. time yesterday. Um, I'm a big fan of Cuban sandwiches, so that's what I went with. Uh, oh, we little, really? Yeah, we had a little team team lunch here yesterday. So was it, was um, the birthday boy really the one not here? Was that the celebration? <laughs> I saw JP's post on Twitter about how <laughs> one one of our staff writers was not there. Was he actually the birthday boy, or was he just making fun? Um, he was just making fun. Okay. So oh, okay. I got it. Thanks, Jacob. Well, I read way too much into and that. He has tweet. such a weird sense of humor, <laughs> yeah. and we see him a couple times a week because he and I do a pod together. So he's always here early. And I'm like, is Jacob joking or not? He has kind of that delivery yep. where you'd never really, know, <laughs> right. unless he's bashing the Suns. But uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you something. Who are Brandon, the joke? Right? Uh, disappointing. Not as disappointing as your Blues. Whoa. Oh no no no! Whoa. I take that back. A smidge more disappointing than your Whoa. Blues. Whoa! But nobody's as disappointing as the Lakers. But 
they had very little upside. I was almost disappointed in your Penguins last night, too. That's all right. 3-0, baby. We we spotted them. It better be the Preds. No, no, it's not. My friend who lives in Nashville um, has season tickets to the Predators, so I do get up to about one game there. Um, I went to the Bruins games a lot when I lived in Boston. Mm, He's one of those guys. And and growing up. What happened in 2019? (laughs) You don't understand how that hurts my feelings. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I can't. I I wouldn't claim that I'm a Bruins fan. TV to hell with your feelings. (laughs) I think the the time that I watched hockey the most was as a kid um, growing up in the middle of nowhere where you can just pick whatever you want. Yeah. And I was a big fan of Sports Channel Chicago. So watched a lot of Blackhawks, Dennis, oh, Dennis Savard. Man, first he goes Bruins, now he goes Chicago. <laughs> I take back How every nice thing I ever going? thought, man. All those eight years we got in the bank, man, it's over. Vogel, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time. No, let's, uh, I want to start here. Unless you want to stick well, I so I, I got to take advantage of his philo- his, of his philosophy because you and I talked about it off air. and we didn't really, numbers guy. And we didn't get to it on air. We teased it talking about Thompson and Jeff Sims. All these new quarterbacks in the Big Ten, right, especially in the West, everybody outside of Michigan or Minnesota, depending on how you feel about Califakonakis, because he's got plenty of starting experience, is bringing back a newbie. Is now the – is are we ripe for the pickings, or is this like, goodness – the Big Ten is officially transitioning because in a year you get two new teams. Yeah, I think I think it is a little bit ripe for the picking. And I think starting this year, you know, seeing the West, Illinois did a great job. Like, they, they played hard. They played well for really the entire season. So credit to them. But, you know, you look at Wisconsin, how they – didn't have the season they wanted. Nebraska didn't have the season they needed to have. Minnesota was – I spent a lot of time, a lot of this fall, thinking Minnesota might be the best team in the West. I did too. Um, and it's it's tough to fault them, but it does feel wide open. And it feels like the team that might end up winning that division next year is the one that probably hits the best with, with a transfer quarterback or a returning quarterback, I guess, in the case of Nebraska and Casey Thompson. But Wisconsin's, what, got three in now? Three. Right, yeah. Including Tanner, Tanner Mordecai, which is – pretty good get so that's going to be a heck of a battle uh up in madison especially with the new staff how about you got mcnamara in iowa you got card in purdue um you have altmeyer and altmeyer went to illinois so i mean is is that encouraging for the offense in which the league is going to go or do you are we taking the wait and see approach for the evolution of the Big Ten offense, because it's changing rapidly. And Coach Rule threw out the stat, right, about teams in 11 personnel and how much more spread it is now than we really think it is in the Big Ten. Yeah, that was interesting when he um, <clears throat> when he mentioned that. And I think there's, there's so much evolution that's going to happen, and you have the <clears> – <throat> specter for lack of a better term of usc and ucla you know kind of hanging over things and it's with so much coaching change um on that half like it's going to be a jumble and you know i think 2022 becomes well uh, it becomes about which of those quarterbacks kind of finds their spot and and plays the best but i don't know if that's going to change kind of going forward i mean i think we're just going to see this massive quarterback shuffle every off season. So then if you think about that from like a long-term building standpoint, like what do you do? Um, well, 
every coach says they want to focus on the lines, but I think the transfer portal only ups the importance of that. You know, what I think about it, I'm not a coach, but I'm not building the program. But <laughs> if I think about if I had to do it, that's probably where I'd start too. Well, speaking of the lines, you have Walter Rouse that is set to commit today. Nebraska on his final three. It's Iowa, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. You miss out on Mizuka. And that was one that I told DB, toyed with my emotions a little bit after his retweet of uh, Billy Kemp going to Nebraska. But, hey, that's okay, Micah. No, no hard feelings <laughs> here. Uh, but when we talk uh, Walter Rouse, how important do you think a get like that would be for this team right away? Because we saw a lot of uh, you know, injury shakeup with the O-line last year, and it's not to say like, that they were just completely and utterly bad. It's just that they didn't have a lot of healthy bodies out there most of the time. Yeah, I mean, experienced offensive linemen remain remain gold. I think in in the transfer portal, like the the competition for those guys is always always going to be high. Um, you know, the quarterbacks you're going to find a quarterback. You're going to find some wide receiver options, but the, those linemen when they go in, um, it, it becomes pretty tough. So Nebraska being able to add um, another experienced option there, I think it's it's big. It gives you a little bit of a of rolling start um, as they you know prepare to get ready and start spring football here um, later this this season. Count these with me out loud. So you got Latovsky. One. Prohaska. Two. Corcoran. Three. Ben Hart. Four. Piper. Five. Norelli. Six. Ben Scott. Seven. And a potential another. And a half. All have really good conference playing experience, power five conference experience. Are you ready to say Nebraska could have depth on the offensive line? I think so. Uh, that, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> it does sound crazy. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even know how that happened. Unless the term depth sounds really crazy. That's why I asked out loud just to – Right. I, I mean, I think for us, you know, who, who watched every minute of that of this past season, every minute of every season leading up to it, we've seen the struggles on the O-line. And, you know, you've had some young players, particularly at tackle, playing a lot of snaps. Um it's got to matter eventually. Like you've been through kind of the fire for, for two seasons there. And I mean, the coaching staff has said, you know, they, they'd like to see those O-line numbers even a little bit higher. So maybe they are like, well, so what are we talking about? 10? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've struggled to come up with six yeah. in the past four years. Yeah. Right? He yep. struggled to put out enough linemen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Denny Downer, I was, I was making a baseline point. <laughs> now I'm back in my feelings. But does it change the way Coach Rule's comments landed when he was so adamant in his delivery when he said, I'm not really buying into that narrative. We're going to have a good offensive line here. And everybody was like, has he been here? Right? Yeah. That was the that was the natural consensus. Yeah, I mean it's, <laughs> I, I, I it stopped me for a second, you know, hearing that, and you know, I'm and not it so was his delivery, and then retaining Rayola, <laughs> people were like, "What?" I'm right. telling you though, the player. That's all I care mm-hmm. about. If that's what they want, I'm for because I because I like the guy, so yep. I'm cool with it. Yeah, that's that's one too where I you know we watched the debate. We've talked about it in various spots, but I'm kind of like, if that's what the coaches do, like it, it's the same way for me with like guys that are like, why is this guy not playing? Why you know we've got a walk on who's getting major snaps and former four star whatever isn't playing? I'm like, the coaches see everything, man, like, and I'm pretty sure they want to win, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you would hope that's the goal. And I'm not saying they always played the right guy because right. even sometimes I wonder, but yep. for the most part, I think they're doing what gives them the best chance to win. 
Hey, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, can you stick around by chance? Are you busy? What, what do you want to play? Let him play the two I for you? I want to play two for you with V Vogue. Yeah, I want can, him to be in the mix. Can I watch? <laughs> you can watch and play. I don't, I don't think we should let Shane play. <laughs> You blast. We'll see if anybody wants Shane. 888-638-4876. Nobody does. It's a very simple Nobody game, does. but we want you to stick around if you okay. can. Okay. You got it. We might have to ask the boss. Where did right. he go? <laughs> They're around. Yeah, okay. you're here. You're here for good. <laughs> Two for you presented by Dingman's Collision Center. Next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. As we wind this thing down, we welcome back in Brandon Vogel to help us do that because we are playing Two for You, presented by Dingman's Collision Center. What we need from you is you to call in so that we can give away a prize. I tell people this all the time. We're still going to play the game, so we might as well give you a prize while we play the game. So call in 888-638-4876. And uh, DB. Well, listen, I think the thing with Dingman's that you have to remember, I'm a guy that has bumped into things quite a few times in my former life. So if you're looking for car repair uh, and the customer service, right, where you can get things back on a in a timely manner. Uh, and remember, we love local. We support local. See, it's it's family owned. That's the Dingman's name. They go on down the tree. Father, son. The whole nine, even daughters. We've got Darcy, who Shane is a huge fan of. Anytime you need that good customer service where you feel like you can relate and they'll do the best for you, it is Dingman's Collision. It's auto repair. It could be a paint job. It's touch up. They have different shops around the city. Just make sure you get the best fit for you because they're versatile, which is what we like. The cool thing about them. Visit Dingman's Collision. They have that give back program yeah. that they do. So when you're a customer, give you or go get. in, give. Because sometimes give. I want you to get back. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Scoot on closer. Hey, how bad do you think Shane was going to make up a reason to have to go to Dingman's Collision to see if he could run into Darcy, even though it was just a tire? Did they do tires? <laughs> Shane was like, hey, they, well, they do fi- everything, well, they Shane. they fixed my flat tire. Full auto, full auto repair. <laughs> I mean, if you needed advice, like on you know your your banking, I bet Darcy's got you too. And go see Boyd. Plus, I used to coach Ty, his grandson. Well, I was going to say this give back program sweet because each Dingman customer chooses one organization to donate to after their repl- after their repair, yeah. and uh, all they do is place a bead in the jar, and Dingmans then donates. Yeah, and the them. and the whole family owned thing is kind of how they do business. Always support. They local. would show local. up Always. in droves on Friday nights to go watch Ty. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, there's the sixth one, the seventh one, the eighth one. It's a crew. They're the Dingmans. That's how it works. It's like the Jensen's, right? They could have their own TV (laughs) show. Hey, let's play two for you. We don't have a caller just yet, but you know what? Let's just have some fun, and maybe somebody will call in again. 888-638-4876. Vogel, you're going to play this one. DB wanted to sit it out. Should we have Vogel and Shane play together? Yeah, let's do that. This is what we're – okay, so here's the premise of the game. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Here's the premise of the game so you can gauge a little bit how, how well Shane plays this game. I give you a very basic prompt. Like, I, I've got a caller, so. Oh, well, that's fine. Uh, uh, you'll sh- still play with the well, caller. Well, you've got to explain it yep. to me, folks. So I'll say, like, a type of flower. You'll just write it down. Then I'll say um, a, an American food. You'll write it down. At the end, 
We'll go back to the first answer. We'll count down three, two, one. You say it at the same time. If you match, you get a point. You need two out of four to win. We want the callers to win. So you're trying to say something, the most common answer possible. And we've got John on line one. John, good morning. Thanks for playing. Welcome to Coffee and Cream. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Hey, John, pick two people for me on the show because we were going to do Shaner and Brandon Vogel, but and, you can choose and DB ex- or myself. Explain to him that what, what the two the two people that you're going to pick. No, we're no, because if he picks you, no, you're going. No, he's no. going to pick me, and that's going to be a bad call. <laughs> John, John, you pick whoever you want. I want slow down. I want Caleb. <laughs> I, I don't know how I can do oh, I can handle shoot. that one, but hey, uh, they're, uh, hopefully there are going to be a lot of people that want <laughs> CB. Hey, oh, talk talk to me here, John. Let's go. I want Damon and Shane. That's what I want. Damon and Shane. So you oh, can sit this one out, man. folks, and, and check we, this out. Okay. Here we go. All right. Um, you're playing two for you. They need two out of four right to win, and then we can keep doubling down to get to that four. But your first prompt here, boys. A subject in school. Okay. A Christmas movie. Okay. A breakfast food. Okay. And a comedian. Ooh. Got it. Shane, you good down there? Oh, was I supposed to go? <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor John. We're, just trying, to we're just trying to get John fed here. <laughs> I'll share with you my answers. We'll see. All okay. right. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's good. Yeah, this is great. Okay. A subject in school. Three, two, one. Math. math. Ding, ding. Wow. Let me hear that ding, Shane. Not a boy. Hey, you know he can't do two things at once. <laughs> a Christmas movie. Three, two, one. Christmas, Christmas story. <sighs> close, close. He had Home Alone over here. Uh, good one. All tough, right, still tough, looking for two. Sneaky tough question. Still looking for two. A breakfast food. Three, two, one. Eggs. That a boy. All right. Two so out of four. Okay, John, here's what you can do now. You can either double down on your $10 gift card to try to win a $20 gift card, but it's double or nothing. You can either take the $10 right now or go for the 20 Let's push it. Let's Double push down. it. I Shane, love it. Oh, get your act the, together. On the comedian. Oh, please. Please, please, please. I love it. A comedian. Three, two, one. Eddie Kevin Murphy. Hart. God. That is not the same guy. Just Eddie so you Murphy's guys know. Eddie the greatest comedian You guys of blew all it time. for Kevin, John. Kevin Hart is at least current. Yeah, but. He had Eddie Murphy too. You know, now I got now I got to cut you, all that stuff. <laughs> now I got to cut you. <laughs> My man just quoted Harlem Nights. <laughs> Oh, John, I'm sorry. Uh, No gift card, but, man, thanks for playing, and call back again. Thanks, John. Gosh, should I have said Eddie Murphy now? I feel like this is weird, but I feel like I'm in the minority. (laughs) Hey, Vogues, let's play with you now. Um, We did – let's see here. You you wanted to sit out initially. We were going to do Shaner and Vogel. should we do Vogel and myself? No, let's do let's do Brandon and Shane. Oh Shane my and Shane. Shane I and I lined up on three last time. Yeah. So okay. Uh, Eddie Murphy. No, I had Eddie Murphy. Nice. Okay. So so, so we'll th- let them play, and then the next caller will give away the gift card to them. Okay, sounds good. Your first one, a popcorn flavor. That's what we're going with. 
Well, no. Well, that's no, just, I got a yeah, phone call. Uh-oh, uh-oh so we, 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 we may have another caller. See, people are people are interested right now. Here we go. I can't. Should I have said Eddie Murphy? I said Eddie Murphy due to recency bias because as I was sitting in the hotel across the street, uh, he won the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Golden Globes last night. Uh, he did. That's it, why he was the 80th, The 80th annual. Yes, Golden Globes. All right, we have Trent on the phone. Uh, should we let Trent pick or are yeah, we just going let, with nope, Sh- let, Shane and Let, let okay. Trent pick. Hey, Trent, good morning. What's up, man? Good morning. How are we? Hey, good. we're good. What's we're up, good. Buddy? Hey, pick two people on the show to play two for you. All right, who, are all, who are all I got? So you got, Bra- <laughs> you you got, got Brandon, Brandon Drew Down, myself, and Shana. Two of the four. All right. Uh, Shana and... <laughs> Is Andrew an option? Yeah, yeah, I'm an option. Andrew. All right, all right, All right, here we go. And then we'll we'll get Vogel to play before (laughs) before we we let him go. All right, Trent, all you you have to do is sit tight, and uh, we'll see if we we win you uh, some some money here. So, Shane, we're going a popcorn flavor. Okay. An animal in the ocean. Okay. Oh, good one. A brand of baseball gear. Ooh. What? Like a brand. What's wrong with you? Is that hard? <laughs> yes. Really? That is actually hard, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I can't wait to hear what he says. A career a kid wants to be when growing up. Like a common thing a kid would say that they want to be. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> you ready, Shane? I'm so sorry, Trent. You need to count down here, DB? Yep, ready? So a type... A flavor of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Carbon. Butter. <laughs> that was a layup. Oh. I went up with my left hand, and it's my non-dominant hand and still oh made it. I had the layup. You did. Caramel? You, you had caramel corn? Caramel corn. Out of all things, when we're going generic, you go caramel. Yeah. I wouldn't have said butter because it's not really a... I think butter is just inherent to popcorn. Yeah, I, 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 I said is cheese. A flavor. I said cheese as well. Cheese? Who says butter? Butter's the flavor. Oh, my gosh. You're not going to get just basic popcorn. All right, you're going to put ready? butter on it. You're, I'm feeling bad for Trent. we got to get Trent some food. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. An animal in the ocean. Three, two, one. Shark. Shark. Wow. Thank the Lord. That a boy, Go. Shaner. That a boy. That a boy. And all right, ar- we need one more. And arguably the most difficult question of this game <laughs> in three weeks. <laughs> a brand of baseball gear. Three, two, one. Rawlings. Bang! Shaner on point, baby. Wowzer. Let's go. Trent, you got two out of four. You want to risk it? Double down, double or nothing for a $20 gift card. Trent, I'm going to remind him the question. The question is a profession kids want to be when they grow up. You can take it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Trent's my type of guy. Oh, All right, all right, all right. Be like Matthew McConaughey. All right. <laughs> a profession kids want to be when they grow up. Come on, Shaner. Three, two, one. Doctor. Football player. Oh, I said doctor, too. <laughs> I thought that one was a good one. B. Vogue, like what did you say? Firefighter. Did you say Man. a professional football player? Yeah, I said football player. It's so specific. <sighs> like athlete? Just yeah, I just an athlete would have been a kid. Be a football Trent, player. Trent, man, I'm sorry. We couldn't give away the gift card. Shaner blew it again. G- dang it. 
Thanks for calling in, man. I think people pick Shane because absolutely. they want a warm morning. <laughs> he goes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, hey, Shane, how much time do we have left? Oh, about 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Vogel, I'm going to give you four here. You're playing with DB. A job that requires a uniform. Okay. A makeup product. Okay. A phone carrier. Okay. Something that rhymes with husk. Okay. Ready? In order. The first one, go. Police. Police, yes. Makeup product. Lipstick. Eyeliner. Phone carrier. Apple. A- I said AT&T. And husk. Dusk. Musk. Oh. <laughs> wow. We're uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> yeah.